This is the Tigers Radio Network. From the press box, high atop the 50-yard line in Harry Hardy Stadium, providing you exclusive coverage of the Marble Newtown Tigers, back to call the second half of tonight's game. Here's Steve Scolari, Chris McSweeney, and Bob Herpin. to describe this first half. Magnificent for the Marple Newtown Tigers who have a 21-0 lead. And before we get started, I'd like to have a word from the Philly Soft Pretzel Factory. Only the Philly Pretzel Factory can make the Philadelphia pretzel because they have authentic, genuine quality of a Philly pretzel. They're always hot, always fresh, always a great deal. When I go to the Philly Pretzel Factory, I know I'm eating the original Philly Soft Pretzel. Bring them to a sporting event, a work party, or for a quick snack, and you can be sure that the Philly Pretzel Factory will deliver a pretzel of great taste and value. Stop in today at any of their locations, including Broomall, Springfield, Media, Folsom, and Bryn Mawr, or visit their website, phillypretzelfactory.com, for a complete listing of locations throughout the Delaware Valley. And remember, if it's not from the Philly Pretzel Factory, it's not a real pretzel. And now that we have that out of the way, a recap of the first half with Chris McSweeney. Chris, they've been getting it done all day on the ground, and Conestoga has been absolutely powerless to stop it. Yeah, they have, they have really dominated from the get-go, basically. Talked about them taking the ball right off the bat. They got the perfect drive all the way down the field. Started off with a good kick return. And then just keep running it. Keep running that wing tee. Duffy's playing great. He's not getting hit at the line, so he's making it to the second level. And then also Diaguardi on that, I don't know what we really call it, that fake hand off to one side and run up the other side. We yeah, the end of round. Play. Yeah, the end of round, basically. And it's just working perfectly so far. Ryan White, of course, two scores, 16-yard run, and a... 10-yard run, both on fakes and both basically outrunning a, a completely befuddled Conestoga defense, one up the middle and one to the right side. And that's one of the things that Kevin Johnson has done thus far is that he always sells that play fake. I can only remember maybe two instances in the entire first half where it didn't work and Duffy and Diaguardi were thrown for either no gain or losses. But other than that, they've been just monsters chewing up massive amounts of yardage and, and more importantly time off the clock in this first half and we don't have numbers but I'd say officially at least a two and a half to one ratio in terms of time of possession yeah, in I favor of the Tigers. Right there about the two and a half one ratio and we talked about you know the two top running backs for the Pioneers coming into the game and to be honest keeping them off the field with controlling the clock and controlling the ball has helped the defense and when the defense has been called the Tigers defense they've answered the call. Now of course we're talking about Leighton Dennis number four Punctured the Tigers' defense for 189 yards and a touchdown in the season-opening victory last year. And also Blair Brooks, number 19. And the funny thing about this, Chris, is that we've mentioned several times that Bill Flatley was coming not even out of the shotgun, but rolling out very quickly, taking a three-step drop and less often taking a seven-step drop, faking deep with a three-wide receiver set, but only dumping off across the middle for five, ten yards. Right, exactly right. The only, the only real gains have come from the two screenplays, to be honest. Everything else has either been short, been rushed. The running attack really hasn't worked. The only really gains for the uh, Pioneers' offense have been the two screen passes when they get 
Dennis out in space or Brooks out in space with some blockers in front of him. Well, things would look up a little bit better if Flatley had a little bit more touch on the ball. I mean, granted, he's had not a whole lot of time, but the receivers have been there and at least open enough to be thrown to. But I'd say three, four passes easily, which could have been first downs, fell just to the turf a couple of yards in front of the receiver. Yeah, that's a great point, Bob, what you make right there. He seems to be throwing the ball more in a dart motion straight into the ground than giving it some loft, you know, throwing it to the numbers and allowing his receivers to get under the ball and get there. Because they are there. There are times when they are open. But he's throwing it basically essentially to their feet. Yeah, sometimes you really can't throw a football. You really can't throw a football like a pitcher exactly. throwing a baseball down and, and across. You need to throw with a little bit more touch and a little bit loft to ensure you get the receiver. And Flatley has not done that, despite you know the one. Th- I, another point I want to bring up is that despite everything that Marple Newtown has done, Flatley has had some time. Yeah. His offensive line has done well when they've chosen to pass, but. You really can't argue with it because there's a big zero up on that right-hand part of the scoreboard. Yeah, the the part of the scoreboard that matters is that zero, and that's what's happening. I think we've had one sack by the Marvel Newtown defense. But besides that, we talked about the offensive line for the Pioneers being a big senior offensive line, so they're experienced. They know what they're doing, and they are protecting Flatley, and he is running out. And we are just about set to get underway for this third quarter. Marvel Newtown once again leading 21-0. The Tigers won the toss to open the game, and therefore they will be kicking to Conestoga. Adam Fender lining up for the ball at the 40. Two men back deep. It is Brooks and a number 11, Dexter Bridge, both straddling the 15-yard line. Fender approaches the ball. It is away. It is a high, spiraling kick. Coming down to Brooks at the 10. He's up across the 15, tries to get outside. He's pummeled down shy of the 20-yard line. Great tackle. Arrive at the ball in ill humor. Acquire your target. Stuff him into the turf. On the tackle right there. 22, Carl Kosarski making a solid excuse. Solid form there by Kosarski on that tackle. And only a modest return. So Conestoga with its first possession of the third quarter, second half, deep in its own territory. Ball is at the 19. We see Close. some really good tackling from the Marble Newtown special teams and defense tonight, really wrapping guys up. One thing comes to mind, Johnny Watkins has played really well. He's tackled real well on the sidelines. Well, Conestoga does not show that shiftiness that the Marble Newtown backs do, so it's relatively easier to tackle them, as we've seen. And somehow, Marple Newtown has the ball. Is there a fumble? You don't know what happened exactly. There wasn't any, any kind of call on the change of possession. But nothing from the referees. And all no. of a sudden, Marple Newtown. And Marple Newtown has the ball. We didn't see a muff. We didn't see a ball on the turf. There was certainly no chase. That's one of the oddest occurrences we've seen yet in my season plus here on the podcast. Must have been a really good hit by Kasarski. Yeah, the ball it jarred out. the ball loose. We didn't see who came up with it, but Marple Newton has the ball, and Johnson's under center. Christiana now wide to the right as he drops back. Looks like it's going to be a false start call. Well, we don't know how they did it, Chris. And (laughs) Excellent offense, excellent defense. There's a little bit of alchemy there. Magical. Turning turning lead into gold and, and magically transporting possession. From the receiving team back to the kicking team. I but, still uh, refuse to believe that the, happened. To be <laughs> well, you know, it's like everything else. If you believe, it can be true. Uh, 
I gotta get a refund on my laser eye surgery. But now we could, we could also believe that the Tigers are going to shake off these last two plays where they've marched backwards. Ball's at the 25-yard line. It's a handoff to White across the 20, near the near sideline, the 15 at the 10, and he's finally dragged down by his knees inside the 5. Great running by White on the outside again, much like his touchdowns earlier. Really cuts that corner on the outside really well, and Nikita comes up and makes the stop, number 20. Yeah, he was the, again, he was the only person between White and the end zone. Just managed to just knock his feet out from under him. So another big gain, and yet it, another third down conversion. Tigers do really well in the long conversions tonight. And it doesn't matter. Third down and two, third down and 11. They are the rising to the challenge. First and goal here with 10.55 remaining on the clock. Ball spotted at the six-yard line. Johnson under center. Diaguardi in the backfield along with Duffy. Christiana split wide to the left this time. Has a handoff to Duffy. He slashes up the middle across Johnson the five. On the outside. And he is no signal yet near the pylon. Out of bounds. Ooh, Ooh wow, that's very close at the one-yard line. Looks like a touchdown to me. Inside the one, actually. Great misdirection. Pulling the defense on bringing Duffy up through the middle and Johnson taking it out wide on the right side. That's correct. That was Kevin Johnson. As the fake has been sold perfectly, fools us as it does routinely. He has a body, Bob, to really run that play great. He's a speed, skills. Long and lean, is able to feel his way through the tacklers. He holds on to the ball real well, which you need if you're going to run play like that. Yeah, so the ball is spotted at the half-yard line now. Similar to the earlier play, maybe we'll see the sneak by Johnson. We have to have Kasarski in the backfield, so we don't know what's going to be here. And it's a handoff right up the middle of Kasarski. And he's in for the touchdown. Great ball, Great ball. Well, that's pretty much a dead giveaway. Yep. He noticed it. Well done. Used, really used, used the, they had the bulldozer, and now they had the snowplow. <laughs> and all Kasarski had to do was take three big steps and fall forward. Just more of the same for the Marble Newtown Tigers offense. So it is going to go in the books as a one-yard run for Carl Kasarski with 10.29 to go here in this third quarter. Marble Newtown takes a 27-0 lead and with the kick to come. Johnson the hold, Fender back. Ball is spotted, the kick is away, and it's blocked. It's blocked, no good. So the score remains 27-0 for Marple Newtown. We'll take a quick break on the chance of possession. You're listening to the Tigers Radio Network on MarpleNewtownFootball.com. You're listening to the Tigers Radio Network on www.MarpleNewtownFootball.com. The Tigers Radio Network is brought to you by the Philly Pretzel Factory. Visit any other locations throughout the Delaware Valley, including Broomall, Springfield, Media, Folsom, and Bryn Mawr. Remember, if it's not from the Philly Pretzel Factory, it's not a real pretzel. The United States Marine Corps. The few, the proud, the Marines. Visit them on the web at marines.com. The Marple Newtown Football Alumni Association. For more information about the Alumni Association, email them at mnfootballalumni.com at comcast.net or visit their link on our website at www.marplenewtownfootball.com and the Marple Newtown Football Boosters Club. For more information about the Boosters Club, visit their link on marplenewtownfootball.com. Back to live action, Harry Harvey Stadium, Marple Newtown with a 27-0 lead. And Chris, the only hitch in this plan so far in this game has been the kicking game as Adam Fender has had one missed field goal and now a blocked extra point. Yeah, he's kind of struggled tonight with one kick out of bounds also. But but Fender has the kick. It is a spiraling line drive heading towards the far sideline, but taken by number five, Leighton Dennis. 
sorry, Gene Gibson up across the 20, across the 25, cuts back in towards the middle of the field. He's finally wrestled down about the 26. Steve DiMaria there, also with number 43, Ryan first on the tackle. Yeah, first time we've heard those names all game. Yep. But they excellent special teams play right there. As Gibson, he gets out of the line like a bullet, like Ryan Duffy does, but uh, the difference is Marple Newtown always gets the ball-hawking defense with two or three guys on the ball and is able to cut that big run short. First and 10 from the 26. Flatly under center. It's a handoff up the middle. Dennis right there with the carry in the number 50. Brian Kelly making the stop for the Marple Newtown Tigers. Leighton Dennis on the carry once again. It's the first time we've really seen Dennis take the ball up the gut for a significant game. Yeah, that's not usually that's not his forte, especially not in this game. He, he, needs, he needs a little bit of space to create. Pioneers, a little bit of a hurry up here. They did huddle, but they got out of that quickly. We're at the line already. Kurt Whiteman wide to the left here. Three wide receivers set once again. Dennis in the backfield. It's a handoff right up the middle of Dennis. He gets to the outside up around the 35. Cuts to the near sideline across the 40, and he gets maybe to the 42 before he's rolled out of bounds. Kelly again making the stop on the sideline. As you saw right there, Dennis had the space to create, but it was sealed off very quickly by Kelly. Yeah, Kelly moves sideline to sideline really quick. Excellent lateral motion. You really need that these days. It is a first down, however. Ball spotted at the 42. Once again, three wide receivers. Dennis in the backfield. Flatly no shotgun. Man in motion is Akita. Fatly passes. He's looking. He's looking. He's in the backfield. He's being dragged down. Number 28. Matt, Matt Gregory, Gregory once again, his second, second sack pass. of the contest. And again, he just attaches himself to any part of the, the body or clothing which can be grabbed onto and just by sheer force of will is able to stop the player in his tracks. Flatley just went down again. Yeah, Gregory's no fight. showing great closing speed right there on Flatley. Really put him in a corner, basically, on the sideline. Just pulled him down. Well done. And Flatley was again trying to roll out towards the near sideline and looking across his body, but before he even whipped his, his uh, neck around to meet the play, he was down on the, on the turf. Second and 18 now. It's a handoff to Dennis on the near sideline. He gets across the 35, gets across the 40, stutter steps near the 45-yard line and the penalty flag in the backfield. Just looking down at the defense here, Bob, we have normal safety Duffy on the sideline, and we have Johnson playing in the safety position. I don't know if there's anything to take from that. Duffy's kind of, he's walking around fine. He looks okay. A little hitch in his step maybe, Locking but back. looks fine. On the offense. And they had the, the call there. The block in the back. Block in the back. So it's a pot, another good there. omen for the Tigers' defense, which is up against a little bit on the first possession. On the offense, still the first half. penalty from the spot of the foul. Repeat, second down. You think there's anything to look into there with Duffy on the sideline, Bob? Or are you just saying it's talking to the trainer right now? But seems to be. Right. Well, you don't know, right? He's he's is no, no part of his equipment is off. He's right. still standing up. He's you know sort of chomping at the bit there, just talking to the, keeping one eye on the conversation and one eye on the field. Exactly. Second and 19 now for the Pioneers. 8.22 remaining here in this third quarter. That's a quick hitch to the outside to Ikeda, but he just drops it, and he was lucky that was in front of the line of scrimmage and not behind. Again, Bob, like we talked about right before we came in the second half, another pass that's on its way down before it almost leaves. Flatley's no, he's not, leave, he's, Flatley's not leaving his receivers any real time to, to, to look the ball in. Right. I mean, right there is a perfect example where you need a ball out in front of the receiver, a little... 
float and loft to it. They can run it under it and catch it and well, make it move. The other thing you need, which is sorely lacking on plays like this at the dump off, is that they need blocking. Right. I don't think Akita would have really gone anywhere. I agree. In any case, third down. Flatly in the shotgun. He drops back. He's looking over the middle. It is tipped, and it is intercepted Kasarski. by Cole Kosarski at the 32. Across the 30, 25, 20, 15. He's finally wrestled out at the four-yard line. Cole Kosarski, I think that ball was tipped at the line of scrimmage, but Kosarski was the closest player on either side to that ball. It Snapped actually, it up. It actually wasn't tipped, Bob. I saw it, and it was a Gregory pressure again, and he actually made his way to Flatly. Forced him, right as he was throwing it, to spin. Matt Gregory, great pressure again. Basically a third sack of the night almost. Forcing the interception that fell right into Carl Kasarski's hands. Well, in that case, still an excellent play there. And Kasarski looked like he ran out of a little bit of steam at the end because, frankly, he didn't expect to have that ball right in his chest. Exactly. Way, way to look at him by Kasarski. So often you see sometimes something so easy just doesn't work out because it is that easy. And eyes kind of look up, but he looked it right in, made sure he had it before he made the run. Really good play. And we have a timeout for Marple Newtown, and we'll take a quick timeout. You're listening to the Tigers Radio Network on MarpleNewtownFootball.com. Hey, Tigers fans, did you know that only the Philly Pretzel Factory can make the Philadelphia pretzel? Because they have authentic, genuine quality of a Philly pretzel. They're always hot, always fresh, always a great deal. When I go to the Philly Pretzel Factory, I know I'm eating the original Philly soft pretzel. Bring them to a sporting event, a work party, even for a quick snack, and you can be sure that the Philly Pretzel Factory will deliver a pretzel of great taste and value. Stop in today at any of their locations, including Broomall, Springfield, Media, Folsom, and Bryn Mawr. Or visit their website at phillypretzelfactory.com for a complete listing of locations in the Delaware Valley. And remember, if it's not from the Philly Pretzel Factory, it's, it's not, not a real, real pretzel. pretzel. Back to live action, Harry Harvey Stadium, 8.04, remaining in this third quarter. Marple Newtown with a 27-0 lead. And due to an interception and return by Carl Kosarski the, to the two-yard line now, the Tigers are poised to put some more distance between themselves and the Pioneers. Johnson under center, Diaguardi and Kosarski once again in the backfield. No wide receivers. It's a handoff to Kosarski. He plows forward. He's touchdown. in for the touchdown. I was going to say, Bob, basically I thought Kosarski was going to end up finishing this drive and getting in the touchdown. Basically a carbon copy of the last touchdown. Another two-yard run for him. Except this time it was twice as long officially as his last. Not a bad day. Two carries, three yards, two scores. And an interception. interception for Mr. Kosarski. 33-0 here with 7.58 to go. Third quarter. Awaiting Adam Fender's extra point. The last one was blocked. Ball is away. High and perfectly Perfect. through the uprights. That's the, that's the uh, Fender we've known. The penalty marker after the uh, kick right here. We'll get the call momentarily from the crew. As it was thrown from the backfield in the direction of Marble Newtown Tigers. Yeah, I didn't see any excessive celebration. Personal foul on the defense. Dead ball, personal foul on the offense. Those penalties offset each other. 
So a little bit of tomfoolery from each side. Yeah, Penalties were offset. As maybe the pressure is getting a little bit to the Pioneers as well it should be if they're down 33 nothing on the road. Completely agree with 34 you 34-0, right make that. Can't say enough about how the Tigers have really bounced back this week. Absolutely brilliant. They've pretty much obliterated the memory of last week, and you can really hang a star on this one already. Yeah, just got to really say a lot about the character of this team, how the coaches prepare, how they practice. And how, how things have come, and I'll keep going back to this, how they've, far they've come from 0-5 to start the 2008 season to where they are right now on the cusp of going 3-1. and So we are waiting Adam Fender and the Marple Newtown Tigers to get in the formation for the kick. Conestoga has its formation back. Blair Brooks and Gene Gibson once again on the return. They switch places, but they are still back around the 12-yard line. Fender has his arm in the air, ready as the troops. That moment of hesitation. They're surely enjoying every minute of this. Fender approaches the ball. It is a low, squibbing line drive kick coming at the 10-yard line, bouncing to Brooks. And he's got it across the 20, but he doesn't even make it to the 25. Sarsky making another hit there on special teams. The officials are gesticulating basically in every play now. You wonder what's going on. No flag on that one. Although it looked like he was pulling something out of his pocket at the time. I don't know why, because there was nobody near Brooks. So the Pioneers, once again, deep in their own territory. At the 25, trying desperately to erase a 34-point deficit. Three wide receivers set this time. It is Dexter Bridge split wide to the left, along with Casey Ikeda. Flatly not in the shotgun. This is the handoff right up the middle Brooks. to Brooks. He gets Kasarski. maybe two yards at best. Yeah, Kasarski right there on the tackle. Okay. This has been a quarter of Carl Kasarski right here with an interception, two touchdowns, and tackles, and also a forced fumble. We he's, believe. He's a superman. You might as well give him the kicks and the punts. Let's go back to what we talked about last. Also, Duffy back in the game here. And a welcome return for him. You can kind of afford at this point to maybe rest him. Right, exactly. That is good news that he's back, though. And also, Johnny Watkins is in on this set, along with yeah, Vince Christiana as well. Heard his name pop up on either side of the ball throughout this contest. Di Maria in there also. That's right, 55. Steve Di Maria is about to say. Getting some face time. Matt Gregory's still in there. He's really pressured the quarterback great tonight. Oh, he's absolutely earned it. He's come out of virtually nowhere and proved himself ten times tonight. Flatley once again not in the shotgun. He drops back. It's a quick drop. Over the middle of the bridge. Across the 40. Across the 45. 50s. Route racing three defenders to the 40. 35. 30. Finally wrestled down at the 22. Yeah, Ryan White making a huge touchdown saving stop right there. That's basically really the just like stop. using his hand like a rapier to come from all the way behind and just grab him by the shoulder pad. Really the first down. time that uh, Flatley has thrown the ball, thrown a catchable ball to one of his receivers 
on the run in a deep route. Well, that's exactly what they tried to do from the outset, but this is, I would call it, the first successful execution of that play coming with 7-10 remaining in the third quarter. I agree. First and 10 for Conestoga at the 24-yard line. It's a handoff to Brooks up the middle. Tries again. to get down to the 20, and I don't even think he gets there. Again, Matt Gregory with a great tackle right around his ankles right before he even made it through the hole. Great stop. Brings up second down. They are going to give him three, so second down and long seven. Akeda split wide to the left this time. Once again, three wide receivers set. Whiteman and Rashid Williams to the right. Flatley rolls back. Looking downfield for Williams, but it is knocked down by a huge mitt. Steve DiMaria with a knockdown. Steve DiMaria. Again, he would have had a chance at an interception if yeah. he didn't just automatically, instinctively think, just bat it down. Right. Again, flatly failing to put that touch on the ball, and this time he's not even getting it over the defense. Yeah, we don't have his numbers in front of us, but he's got to be three or four out of maybe 11 or 12 or something like that. Yeah, it hasn't they, been a pretty 11 or 12. They've been for quick, exactly, quick strikes. But the rest of them have been very subpar throws. Third down and seven. 6.28 remaining third quarter. Fatley drops back. He's being rushed. He's going for the corner of the end zone, and it is. Looks like it's caught, and it yeah. is caught. Number 11. Dexter Bridge. Dexter Bridge. Excellent job there, Flatley. For the first time all game, he's able to look in the direction he wants to go. Threw it up there. Bridge just being six foot two, went up and got it. Yeah, we had an early pump fake by Flatley. Really made the cornerback bite. And then Bridge was right in there in the corner of the end zone. Duffy came across trying to pop the ball out at the same time, but just wasn't. Yeah, Bridge he, had he was on it. not quite enough to jar it. And, you know, if, if maybe the defenders would have gone for the, for the stick and would have jarred the ball loose. But the extra point is up and good. So Conestoga gets its first good. points of the contest. 6-20 remaining third quarter. They still have a long way to go as the Tigers enjoy a 34-7 edge. We'll take a quick break on the change of possession and be right back. You're listening to the Tigers Radio Network on MarpleNewtownFootball.com. You're listening to the Tigers Radio Network on www.MarpleNewtownFootball.com. The Tigers Radio Network is brought to you by the Philly Pretzel Factory. Visit any other locations throughout the Delaware Valley, including Broomall, Springfield, Media, Folsom, and Bryn Mawr. Remember, if it's not from the Philly Pretzel Factory, it's not a real pretzel. The United States Marine Corps. The few, the proud, the Marines. Visit them on the web at marines.com. The Marple Newtown Football Alumni Association. For more information about the Alumni Association, email them at mnfootballalumni at comcast.net or visit their link on our website at www.marplenewtownfootball.com and the Marple Newtown Football Boosters Club. For more information about the Boosters Club, visit their link on marplenewtownfootball.com. Back to live action here at Harvey Stadium. The onside kick, a squib kick, goes out of bounds at the 30-yard line. As we just had a 21-yard connection between Bill Flatley and Dexter Bridge for Conestoga's first touchdown of the contest. And Chris Stefano electing for what appeared to be an onside kick, but it was really just a, a short squib. It angled very quickly towards the left sideline, which is the near sideline here in the second half. So Marple Newtown sets up at its own 35-yard line with the penalty. 
really looking for the Tigers to come out here and pretty much just run this clock out. Exactly. Keep no, the ball. no reason to do anything special. Just keep on doing exactly what they've been doing. Exactly. This game is well in hand, and as long as they keep chewing up the uh, amount of yardage with every play that they have in the first two and a half quarters, they're in good shape. As Johnson hands it off to Duffy, across the 40, 45, 50, 45, 40, and finally wrestled down that time by Leighton Dennis. Yeah, Leighton Dennis. We called his name really more on the defensive side of the ball tonight. Because well, he's basically the last man standing out there and keeping a lot of these Marple Newtown ball carriers from gaining an extra 10, 15 yards or maybe even going for the touchdown. Again, Duffy really breaking through the hole, great, reaching the second level before you can even say his last name. Ball spotted at the 42-yard line of Conestoga. As we go inside, six minutes remaining here in the third quarter. Vince Christiana. Wide to the left this time. The lone setback is Duffy. Now Diaguardi in motion. It's a delayed handoff this time to Ryan White. And if he gets back to the line of scrimmage, he'd be lucky. Maybe if he gets a yard. Yeah, Gene Gibson, number five, getting in there right on his linebacker position, making a stop. We have an injured player down on the field right now. That looks like it was a double fake, really. A fake to Duffy, fake to Diaguardi. Conestoga wasn't fooled, and it looks like number 87, 87, Kyle Morrison, listed as a tight end and linebacker. Uh, he was holding his side or his, his knee or his groin area. He was kind of under that pile. I hope nothing fell yes. on it pretty awkwardly. Sometimes you just don't know exactly which way the wind's going to blow when you're the, the last man on that, on that uh, pileup. Exactly. So he's laying flat on his back, sort of immobile, and the training staff will come out. And it's a... Needed break in the action, I'd, I'd figure, for either side. This has yeah. been quite a fast-paced game, but it does have its its downtime, mostly because Marple Newtown has just ran the ball and uh, possessed the ball at will. So they've been able to dictate the pace offensively as well as defensively. Yeah, you see both sides getting water right now, needing a little uh, breather. All right, because it is as typical for a Philadelphia late September evening. It's a little humid. Game time temperature was in the 70s, and uh, even though the sun has long gone down, it really doesn't do a whole lot to, to chill the air like yeah. it does in, in November. And once your body heat reaches that temperature, it pretty much stays there the whole game. You're in the pads, you're sweating, you're playing. Right, and this is pretty much the only time other than if you're called out or uh, at the half where you're able to get that extra yep. little burst of water and extra rest. Seems like Morris has made his way over to the sideline with the help of a couple teammates. Yep, that's uh, 44, Grant Garbutt, and 59, Jeff Tucker. I'm going to hope he's He's high. a little hobbly. Yeah, this is his left knee, ankle, groin, but he's he, or right, pardon me. He's not putting any pressure on it whatsoever. In any case, second down and nine. They gave one yard on that. 5.27 to go third quarter. Johnson under center. Diaguardi, the blocking back. Duffy and White in the backfield. Handoff right up the middle to Duffy. He's wrestled backwards. Yeah, number five, Gene Gibson, back-to-back, -back, right in the backfield, making stops. No, you don't want to do this. You want to maybe get two, three yards at a time if you're going to have the Conestoga defense come up on you. But nonetheless, time is ticking away. Yeah, and we have a very another, I wouldn't say key third down, but third down nonetheless. And probably, I'd estimate... 75% efficiency. Yeah, it's got to be up there. On third Definitely downs. Up there. Throughout this contest. Not even just third downs, third longs. So this is a, a loss of one on the play, so back to third and 10 from the 42. 
Johnson under center once again. Duffy, the lone setback. Christiana split wide to the right. It's a fake handoff to Duffy. He gets a Diaguardi across the 40, across the 35. Is he close to the first down? We'll see where they spot it. I don't know. He may be a yard short. Bradley Herzlick, number 22, making a tackle. No, they're going to give it back to the 35, so that's going to be a full three yards shy. Interesting territory here. You're up yeah. by 27 points. Obviously, Adam Fender really doesn't have the foot to hit a 50-plus yard field goal, but you really don't want to punt it away, so we'll see what happens. You got 21 Billy Lieberling coming in, and he is the team's punter, and it looks like they're going to set up in punt formation. And they are. Away. Oh, he... I was kind of on your side, Bob, though. I would have thought maybe about going for it. It's kind of in a situation your defense has been holding them except for one drive. Exactly. What are you going to lose if they right. turn it around for you, being only be down maybe probably 20 or 19 points? But Billy Weaverling, carry also. Billy Weaverling does nail in that coffin corner very well. He did that several times. Five-yard penalty. Repeat fourth down. And as expected, you take a delay of game penalty to push the ball back five and give your punter a little bit more room with which to work. Yeah, last week's game against Pancras, Billy Weaverling had three punts for a 33-yard average. So, All this time, you know, he's back at the 45 of his own 45. And as long as he can get the ball high in an arch and bounce it around the 15 and angle it towards the sidelines, he can get it inside the five. So the punt is away. It's high, spiraling towards the far sideline, bounces at the 10. At the five, and we'll see. Somebody slid there to try to keep it out unsuccessfully, and it will be a touchback. Yeah, it was uh, Steve DiMaria making the effort right there. And he slid, but he was maybe a, a yard behind the play. He made a, a little backhanded swipe as he slid into the end zone, but the ball had by that time at least already crossed the plane on a bounce. Good solid kick by Weaverling though. Has he kicked all night and then comes out and makes a good kick like that. Good effort. Yeah, good he got it exactly where you want it. So anyway, at the very least, Conestoga is still pinned once again deep in its own territory at the 20 to begin this series. Dexter Bridge split wide to the left this time. Two wide receivers. Zach Rafferty. Now, pardon me, that is Rashid Williams once again split wide to the right. Dropping back is Flatley. He's rolling, he's rolling to the right, he's looking, and it is incomplete to Bridge, who was wide open at the 40. And once again, you know, you hate to really just kind of disparage a guy like that, but they're starting to become worm balls, yeah. all the ones that Flatley are throwing. They definitely are, and like you said, Dexter Bridge was wide open, and we've already seen him catch the ball and run for a significant gain, so that got to watch him. He could have had a lot of open real estate had he brought the ball in at the 40 because he had at least nobody within 10 yards. Yeah. Deep downfield. Second down and 10, 3-18 left. Third quarter, 34-7 the score. It's a handoff up the middle this time to That's Gene Gibson. Gibson across the 30, across the 35, 40, 45. He's being pursued and dragged down, finally just shy of midfield. Yeah, Johnson with the tackle right there, the quarterback. As Bill Flatley working in a little bit of that wing tee fake with a two-man backfield. And Gene Gibson there gives Conestoga a big first down here. Nice run by Gibson. So Johnson making a tackle. He comes out replaced by Duffy right now. Ball to 48. First and 10. Three wide receivers set once again. Two men in the backfield. Lightly hands it off up the middle to Dennis. He gets to the 50 and no further. Yeah, Ryan first, number 43, making a tackle right there. First. Gain of two, and there's another man down for Conestoga on the far sideline. Can't see his number exactly as he's 
doing push-ups in agony on the turf there. Looks like number 66 possibly. We'll, we'll pick it up as soon as he uh, is lifted off the turf. It's hard to see with all the Maybe it looks like he got a little stinger there at the end of the play. I think you're right, Bob. 243 remaining left in this third quarter right now. The score 34 to 7 in favor of the Tigers. Number 66, Tim Parent, six foot two twenty-five outside linebacker, defensive lineman. Senior. Unfortunately, it's the first time we've heard his name all night. It's not for a good thing, but yeah. he was able to go off the field under his own power, which is another good sign for the Pioneers. But that does not take away from the fact that it is second down and eight from midfield. Three wide receivers set once again, two-man backfield. It's a handoff to Brooks. He bounces off a man behind the line of scrimmage. He's sealed off on the left sideline. He gets to the 49, and he's finally vaulted head over feet by Johnny Watkins. Johnny Watkins playing great. He do have a flag on the field. He is hungry, that Watkins is. And it looks like he's claimed a victim as well. Yeah. We have Brooks down on the turf. Blair Brooks. And this is this is starting this is starting to become as our executive producer Jim Alsman has just said in the booth, like the body bag game. As you know, I don't know how that happens since Watkins is only five nine one sixty five. Brooks on the other hand, five seven, but a little bit more solid at one seventy five. And Watkins just went in like a missile and Brooks just was out of control in the air and did not land very well. Well he did like a front flip and Landed, looks like on his left leg right now. I don't know. I think I think one half of his body did a front flip and the other half did a side flip. He was all discombobulated, and there's a little bit of source of concern here. As he is closest to the Marple Newtown sideline. Looking like they're working on his left leg, which might have planted awkwardly as he fell down. Yeah, he's in considerable uh, distress. Yeah, he's still in pain right now. It's it's like not a it's not a pretty it. thing. As as devastating as the hit is, you know the consequences sometimes are, are unexpected and unexpectedly harmful. Yeah. We hope Watkins keeps himself in the game too. You know, a hit like that, you can kind of feel a little bit guilty about, but he's played great so far tonight. So exactly. I mean, there really is. I mean, you're, you're trying to defend a 34 to seven lead at home, right. And make a statement. You know, you're not necessarily thinking ease up, and that's exactly what they teach you from the outset is, you know, if you go in hard, you might not get hurt. Yeah. But if you do go in hard, it's at least going to be the other guy who, who probably winds up on the wrong end of that. Referees are called. Yeah, it looks like there's going to be an ambulance call. Brooks has – he, I think it's fair to say, Chris, that Brooks has been – one of the one of the top two, if not the best player on the Conestoga's yeah. offense the, this entire game. I agree. Doing the little things, catching a couple of quick hitches for a couple of yards, uh, doing well out of the backfield, and just when you think he, he's able to, to break a decent run, as he had a little bit of a, a lane bouncing off the the, uh, the middle to the outside towards this near sideline here, and just interrupted rudely by Johnny Watkins. 
We don't like to speculate, but it is on his right side. He's moving his left leg. I don't know if it's his hip or his arm. Or well, it's whatever it is, they're, they're uh, telling him, you know, as much as you can, right. stay still, even though he's in obvious agony. So with that, we'll take a quick break and be back with uh, the word on this injury. You're listening to the Tigers Radio Network on MarpleNewtownFootball.com. There are those who dedicate themselves to a sense of honor, to a life of courage, and a commitment to something greater than themselves. They have always defended this nation and each other. They still do. The few, the proud, the Marines. Hey, Tigers fans, did you know that only the Philly Pretzel Factory can make the Philadelphia Pretzel? Because they have authentic, genuine quality of a Philly Pretzel. They're always hot, always fresh, always a great deal. When I go to the Philly Pretzel Factory, I know I'm eating the original Philly soft pretzel. Bring them to a sporting event, a work party, even for a quick snack, and you can be sure that the Philly Pretzel Factory will deliver a pretzel of great taste and value. Stop in today at any of their locations, including Broomall, Springfield, Media, Folsom, and Bryn Mawr. Or visit their website at phillypretzelfactory.com for a complete listing of locations in the Delaware Valley. And remember, if it's not from the Philly Pretzel Factory, it's not a real pretzel. Only the Philly Pretzel Factory can make the Philadelphia pretzel because they have authentic, genuine quality of a Philly pretzel. They're always hot, always fresh, and always a great deal. When I go to the Philly Pretzel Factory, I know I'm eating the original Philly soft pretzel. Bring them to a sporting event, a work party, or for a quick snack, and you can be sure that the Philly Pretzel Factory will deliver a pretzel of great taste and value. Stop in today at any of their locations, including Broomall, Springfield, Media, Folsom, and Bryn Mawr, or visit their website, phillypretzelfactory.com, for a complete listing of locations in the Delaware Valley. And remember, if it's not from the Philly Pretzel Factory, it's not a real pretzel. You're listening to the Tigers Radio Network on www.marplenewtownfootball.com. The Tigers Radio Network is brought to you by the Philly Pretzel Factory. Visit any of their locations throughout the Delaware Valley, including Broomall, Springfield, Media, Folsom, and Bryn Mawr. Remember, if it's not from the Philly Pretzel Factory, it's not a real pretzel. The United States Marine Corps, the few, the proud, the Marines. Visit them on the web at marines.com. The Marple Newtown Football Alumni Association. For more information about the Alumni Association, email them at mnfootballalumni at comcast.net or visit their link on our website at www.marplenewtownfootball.com and the Marple Newtown Football Boosters Club. For more information about the Boosters Club, visit their link on marplenewtownfootball.com. Two twenty-three remaining here in this third quarter as play has stopped with the Tigers leading Conestoga 34-7. And we've had a bit of an, an unfortunate injury as Blair Brooks bro- broke to the outside 
and appeared to get about two yards before Johnny Watkins launched himself into Brooks's lower half, basically, sending him head over feet to the turf. And uh, he's been laying on the ground for a good five minutes, favoring his left leg. Uh, it looks like the tra training staff is working between his knee and his ankle. We have an ambulance out in the field, so he will be, we imagine, immobilized and taken off in a stretcher. But you know, it's a double-edged sword sometimes, Chris, these hits. You like to see that, that hungriness on defense. And, you know, you don't want to ease up on these guys, but, you know, sometimes the unintended consequences like this happen, and Brooks was, had absolutely no control over his body once he was flipped in midair. Yeah, just one of these things where he's coming in fast, Watkins is coming in fast. They both collide with a lot of pressure. Brooks ends up in the air and just lands funny on it. I think it's his right leg or his right knee. That's what I would see. Well, they say, you know, the irresistible force meeting the immovable object. At this time, the immovable object did move, and it's it seems quite to be unfortunate. Talking, at least sitting up, which is more than we could have said a couple minutes ago. Which All right, at least I mean, yeah, at least we know it's not not a concussion because exactly. he did strike his feet and his head on the ground you know, out of control. Exactly. Nonetheless, while we have this break in the action, Chris, recap the scoring for us and how we got to our 34-7 score here late in the third. So far, we have Ryan White with a 16-yard touchdown run, which made it 7-0 in the first quarter. And then again in the first quarter, we had Ryan White with a 10-yard touchdown run, and that's how the quarter ended at 14-0. And then in the second quarter, we had a QB sneak by quarterback Johnson for one yard. That made the score 21-0. It was 21-0 Marple at halftime. And then in the third quarter, we have a one-yard touchdown run by Carl Kosarski. Made it 27-0. And then Carl Kosarski again on a two-yard touchdown run. Made it 34-0. And then the Pioneers finally got on the board with flatly passing to Dexter Bridge on a 21-yard score. Made a score right now as it stands, 34-7, with 2.23 remaining in the third quarter. And Com Stoga was moving the ball quite well on this drive, right up until this point. And now that we've given you a recap, we're going to take a little bit of a break because Brooks has not yet been loaded onto the stretcher and carted away. So you're listening to Tigers Radio Network on MarpleNewtownFootball.com. <laughs> This is the Tigers Radio Network, and you're listening to exclusive coverage of the Marple Newtown Tigers on www.marplenewtownfootball.com. Hey, Tigers fans, did you know that only the Philly Pretzel Factory can make the Philadelphia Pretzel? Because they have authentic, genuine quality of a Philly Pretzel. They're always hot, always fresh, always a great deal. When I go to the Philly Pretzel Factory, I know I'm eating the original Philly soft pretzel. Bring them to a sporting event, a work party, even for a quick snack, and you can be sure that the Philly Pretzel Factory will deliver a pretzel of great taste and value. Stop in today at any of their locations, including Broomall, Springfield, Media, Folsom, and Bryn Mawr. Or visit their website at phillypretzelfactory.com for a complete listing of locations in the Delaware Valley. And remember, if it's not from the Philly Pretzel Factory, it's not a real pretzel.
Back to live action here at Harry Harvey Stadium. 2.23 left in this third quarter. Tigers leading 34-7 as we finally get Blair Brooks from Conestoga. Upright, strapped into the stretcher and loaded up, ready to head off to the nearest hospital to address his leg or knee injury. And we have some unofficial stats here while we're waiting for play to resume. Walpole Newtown with the edge in first down, 16-6 in total yards, 255 to 144. All but 14 of those yards coming on the ground with Ryan Duffy racking up 101 yards thus far on 18 carries. Ryan White, not too far away, 12 rushes, 68 yards, and two scores. Carl Kosarski, of course, two touches, three yards, two scores as well. Kevin Johnson having an atypical day under center here. They've really not passed a whole lot because they haven't needed to. Only two completions for six Two completions on six attempts, excuse me, 14 yards. His longest pass of the day is seven yards. Well, we also have to talk about Gregory, his play on defense with the two sacks and the quarterback pressure that led to the Kasarski interception. And we also believe we have Kasarski tallied up for a fumble on special teams. Well, the one other thing we we're noticing that third down conversions, well, this is as close as we're going to get that. Only three for six, incredibly. But again, this is unofficial. I can remember at least four in this game, so possibly four for seven. Right. But I know it's definitely over 50%. That is one of the underlying stories of this contest is Marple Newtown's dominance on third down. Let me get back to the game action here now. As everything is finally settled once more. You know, now coming out of a long break like this, you wonder who it's going to benefit. It certainly stole the momentum away from Conestoga, which was moving the ball in its possession from its own 20-yard line. They were near midfield. And it also gives the harried Tigers defense a little bit of a respite to regroup here. So the ball's moved all the way back to the 41-yard line now. Three wide receivers set once again, flatly under center. He rolls out, quick roll, looks right, goes left, incomplete for Dexter Bridge, who's at the 40-yard line but made a, a serious cut back right towards the middle of the field and flatly threw the ball maybe three yards over his head. Yeah. Right through his hands because Bridge did not expect the ball to come as quickly as it did. Bridge is a tall guy, and that was way above his hands. Just going back to the injury, the reason Pioneers are so bad is on that play also that kind of goes under overshadowed basically is the fact that there was a block in the back even on the uh, run by Brooks. So well, it's even more unfortunate. Insult to injury. But it bodes well for the Tigers. D, third down and 16 from the 41-yard line. It looks like they're going to be coming. Flatly drops back. He's pumping. He's looking into the flat. It's complete to Gene Gibson across the 45, across midfield. Cuts in the center of the field. Burst of speed, 45, 40, 35, 30. Cuts to the center. He's being finally gang-tackled down around the 20-yard line. Gene Gibson doing well in traffic. Yeah, Gene Gibson definitely has a quick step. For this entire run, never quite fully got separation that he wanted, but was able to turn his body and shift almost at will. Got an extra 20 yards there. Pioneers moving quick up to the line here. They're already there. So it's a hurry-up offense. They, they have 146 in this third quarter, then 12 more minutes to try to erase a 27-point deficit. Three wide receivers again. But it's a handoff up the middle to Gibson. He, wrapped up he tries to get to the 20, but he's wrapped up well behind the line of scrimmage, so we'll see where the forward progress gets him. Yeah, Kelly was right there, number 50, making a stop. That was first and 10 from the 21-yard line. So we'll see where the spot is. Well, they gave him one yard, so he's at the 20. 
I was just going to say about a couple lapses in the uh, pass defense, maybe bringing too much pressure. Pioneers are kind of realizing that and setting up these screen passes. Yeah, you don't want to you know, over over pursuit can be overcome if you just make a short dump off pass. Flatley's back. He's being chased. He's under a rush. Sidearms it. Complete to Dexter Bridge at the 15. Christiana making the tackle there right all over Bridge. And if you really want to see the literal definition of a gunslinger, that was Flatley right there as he threw it, you know, at least a half sidearm motion. Yeah, he looks like Rich Gannon out there. Yeah, right. Dexter Bridge finally on the receiving end of that on a perfect hookup. Bridge is a big target. But the big thing is there was two defenders in front of him, and he was pushed out of bounds at the 16-yard line. It was good pursuit by Christiana there. So they the didn't really line. give him the forward progress to the 15. It's third down and four. Marble Newtown comes with a rush. Hit is Leighton Dennis and dragged down behind the line of scrimmage. Ryan Kelly right in there, number 50. And Carl Kosarski as well, picking up the scraps. That is about the best possible outcome for a down you could think of. You could see it. They were chomping at the bit from five seconds before the snap. They knew where they were going. It's almost as if they knew exactly what the play was going to be. Fourth and eight here. Fourth Big and game. eight. This may be the last play of the third quarter. Leighton Dennis in the backfield. Three wide receivers all flooded to one side. It's out, completed out in the flat to Dennis. Hit behind the line of scrimmage. Gets through a man at the 20. Gets down to the 15. Nowhere close to the first down there. Yeah, Whiteside making the stop. And you wonder what they're thinking. Because we said earlier in the game, you can have those passes out in the flat, but you need blockers. Right. You can't have Dennis do it all, yeah, especially with, with four guys in front of him. First person out there was Watkins again. He's really read the game well tonight. Made some good solid tackles. He made the first initial hit. Dennis was really lucky to get as far as he did. Now it's a small consolation that Conestoga pins the Tigers at the 19-yard line, but so what? The Tigers are up by 27. They're just trying to melt the remaining 12 minutes and 12.1 seconds away. That was an important stop by the defense right there. A little momentum was changing, but they closed it down. Timeout for Marple Newtown as Johnny Watkins comes into the set. And we'll keep it right here since it is close to the end of the quarter. That's their second timeout. Not a big deal here. Using two timeouts when you're ahead by basically four scores. Yeah, hopefully they don't need them later. As I mentioned very briefly in the first half, the Tigers' defense has been known, at least over the last two years since we've been on the air, they're a bend but don't break, very much in the Jim Johnson mold. They've been giving up large chunks of yardage at certain sporadic times throughout this contest, but that's been offset by one-yard stop, two-yard stop when they've absolutely needed it. Yeah, they've made a lot of stops up front tonight, which has really halted any rhythm that the Pioneers have tried to get into. We knew the Pioneers were a rushing team with a dominant backfield coming into the game, and they just really haven't gotten off the schneid tonight. And they've certainly, despite a couple of sporadic big plays there, have not gotten the passing game on track, despite near-constant two and three wide receiver sets on every play. So now we presume to be the final play of this third quarter. Johnson under center. Watkins split wide to the left. Johnson fakes a handoff, but he spins it out to White, who gets up to the 20, but is dropped backwards. Yeah, Casey Akeda again in on the tackle, number 20. And we do come to the end of this third quarter. Marple Newtown with the ball. 
moving from left to right, but they have a 34-7 lead. You're listening to the Tigers Radio Network on MarpleNewtownFootball.com. This is the Tigers Radio Network, and you're listening to exclusive coverage of the Marple Newtown Tigers on www.marplenewtownfootball.com. I was trying to 